Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Make Mind Mania, the show all about Spider-Girl and her world. Before we get started, we got to mention our patrons at patreon.com slash spideydude. In our sensational tier, we have Allison, Cindy, Ed, Georgia, Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Catherine, Kale, Kigar, Laura, Master Dramon, Venetian, Scott, Vanessa, and Vicky, as well as our VIPs, Scott McGraw, Sebastian, Vinkman, and Winnipeg Webhead. Thank you guys for your support of all of our shows here on the Spidey Radio Network. Shows including Books of X, the Patreon first show with myself and Neil Bogenreiter. Talking about the Cohen era of X-Men, you got the Clone Saga Chronicles, show all about the Clone Saga and the Clone Saga-related characters. We have the Radio show about the spectacular Spider-Man animated series. Amazing Spider-Man Classics is a show with the hobby of Jack Pillow. Father and Son team talking about Spider-Man from the beginning. The Salvi Sim era podcast covers the Salvi Sim era on Spectacular Spider-Man, starting from Death King the Wolf all the way up until Shortly Clone Saga. And then we got Voices from the Eerie of Gargoyles podcast. The audio edition is available on your favorite podcasting catcher, but the video edition is available exclusively over on patreon.com slash Network. And of course, we got this show, Make Mine Man. So thank you guys for watching. Give us a like, a share, and subscribe if you're watching us live or even after the fact. Let us know how we're doing. You can leave us an email at SpideyDudeRadioNetwork at gmail.com or MakeMindMayday at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get started with Make Mind Mayday. Hello, Kelly. Hi. Always joined with Miss Kelly McDaniel, the host of the program. So, um, how are you doing, Kelly? You're, you're, you're still at work. You're still wow. at work. Your internet connection is better than mine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so um, what are we covering this particular episode of the show? We are covering Spectacular Spider-Girl Digital Comics issue 9 through 11. So, um, yeah, so we're going to end the series, this digital series, and then go into the Spectacular Spider-Girl mini. Uh, so and then Spider-Girl the end. So we are gearing up for the end of an era, of the Spider-Girl era, and then we go into Spider-Verse era. We, we go from the best of times to the worst of times. Just kidding. Um, so there has been some fun stuff we've been going had going on with the uh, seemingly weekly voice chats on our Discord. So if you've not joined our Discord, the link is down in the description below. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, I think. So those descriptions down in the description below, uh, click those, find us there, or you can always go to spidey-do.com and the Discord link is up at the top of the page. Um, so yeah, we've been having a good time uh, doing that. Um, Kelly hasn't got a chance to do it yet, but uh, it kind of reminds me of the old days with uh, with Crawl Space and Skype chats, so it's always fun. Um, so fun I guess- or like, notorious like what what uh, level of fun here it, it, okay is it is it as infamous as the crawl space skype chats no is it as fun i would say they're on par okay in terms of the level because even those uh, even those though that those were infamous they were fun <laughs> so are, are, um, but are, are, are you also saying that because you're you've kind of been like the weird dad friend Am I the weird dad? I am the weird dad friend now. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, am, yeah. I am. I am to these these young whippersnappers like Brad was to me. Oh, 
Now I mm. feel old. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so let's go into yeah. what was going. We're going to do some spider history before we get into the main bulk of the episode. So the, some of this is going to be rudimentary, but it's going to be kind of um, recapping. But if this is your first episode, hopefully this will get you kind of up to speed as to what was going on at Marvel at the time. So uh, if you choose to get the trade of the spectacular Spider-Girl, The Last Stand, the issues in today's episode are collected with the four-part miniseries that will be covered in the next episode. And thanks to Leo Empire on Sven's Discord server for confirming that the end is in that trade as well. Uh, so unfortunately for me in doing the research, I usually try to go back to the use the Wayback Machine to go to the Spider-Girl message board and try to see what was being discussed at the time. There's a significant gap in what was archived in 2009 and 2010. Um, in fact, there was nothing updated on the front page other than a call to try to save Spectacular Spider-Girl. But by the time I get to like the, the snapshot, um, it's December of 2010, and we know that Anya's title was being published at that point, which was kind of a very demoralizing moment for the fandom. And I'll be doing a bit, of, like I like I mentioned, of recapping here, since this is the end of like one era that we're covering and getting you into the mindset of what was going on at the time. And as we mentioned several episodes ago, Spider-Man's publishing history was forever changed with the brand new day era. Gone were the two satellite books at the time, Friendly Neighborhood, Spider-Man, and Sensational, and in their place were more issues of Amazing Spider-Man. And this would be the case until today. We usually get two issues of base a month. Uh, now they've uh, since released other uh, satellite books like Spectacular and Friendly Neighborhood. They've brought back different ones over the years, but for the most part, it's been, you know, at least two issues of ASM. Uh, this required a few things at the time. However, a large rotating cast of writers and artists and inventory stories that were used to buy time in publishing. Uh, more stories were brought to help make sure the trains would run on time. And in the interest of getting them out, you'd see things like Spider-Man Extra or the Spidey Summer Special or things along that line. So for the three years of the Brand New Day era, anthology series would be published with regularity. And this was certainly the case here. So we are in that it, we are in that portion of the Spider-Man publishing history where we're starting to see the wind down of the brand new day era. As I mentioned a couple episodes ago, Web of Spider-Man was released as an anthology series that served in two ways. Add some context to the stories that were going on in Amazing, an outlet for inventory stories that were needed in, ca in case the trains derailed in publishing, and in case of what we are talking about here, give a home for Spider-Girl. Uh, luckily, outside of a skip week for uh, in terms of the publishing, the brand new days trains ran on time for better or worse. Uh, Webb's intent on publishing side stories would focus on specific characters in a lead story. Like um, while spectacular spider girl would be one of the two backup stories, specific characters and lead stories uh, were like slight undergoing some slight tweaks to the existing rogues gallery to help prepare them for the, um, them appearing in amazing or explain why that they were looking different or had changed. This was known as the gauntlet kind of a carbon copy of how in story Bane broke down Batman by releasing all his rogues in the city. The intent of in the storyline was to wear Spider-Man down building to this crescendo of final acts of the brand new day era grim hunt. Um, example of that was like web number one, reintroducing Kane. Um, since he had just recently reappeared in ASM 608 to 610. And so 
Electro got a face tattoo. Rhino gained a wife. Um, so this kind of, uh, for a moment, I'm going to get somewhat conspiratorial here. I did reach out to Ron to kind of confirm this. And he kind of feels like I'm on the right track. Uh, as I recall, Tom and Ron were not told that a new series was launching. They were just as surprised as we were in terms of it becoming its own series. One way you can tell is about the amount of pages the four-issue miniseries each had. So all the digital issues except for the first one, the first issue was 22 pages. The rest of them were 17 pages long. Um, so issue one of the mini, you know, was only 17 pages. And then there were some backups. Issue two was the same way. Three and four were kind of like two 17-page stories smushed together with pages of credits included. Um, and so point of my theory is Tom and Ron were operating the assumption that these would still be published online. And that really, they didn't think that issue 11 was going to be the last of the digital books. Uh, so those last in those four books, they would have probably stretched out over six stories, um, which would have put it around the end of, of Web of Spider-Man's publishing run of 12 issues. So it's probably late in the game that they were told it was going to be published in print format only because remember solicitations go out three months early. Um, it's also important to note here as well. Grim Hunt was part of the end game. So like it just eventually goes into the big time era, which will definitely kind of I'll discuss more in the next episode um, because it does that part does play a role in why we got the end and why the series was ultimately wrapped up. So um, I know it's a lot of recapping, a lot of exposition, but hopefully well, that kind of, I, mean, I think, well, too, I think, you know, we've talked about this behind the scenes about like, we need to talk about the history more mm -hmm. because there's times where it's like, you know, where we're getting, you, you know, we'll see these comments from pe people who definitely didn't live through this time and didn't understand the, um, you know, like they don't fully understand why we got so upset over May becoming Spider-Woman later. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're like, no, that's a perfect name. She shouldn't always be Spider-Girl forever. And it's like, <clears throat> sorry, guys. I should not put uh, caramel in my coffee. But um, <laughs> it's got milk. I shouldn't do it. Now I'm all flimmy. But uh, the whole thing, though, is is just you know, they don't get the fact that like that is a major point of disrespect to the fans and to what we fought for and why we fought for it. Like, you know, so we, we do need to make sure that that is like immortalized mm -hmm. in voice form so mm -hmm. that way maybe somebody will have a record of it later when it, you know, they're going through and they're and they're reading alongside us. Like, like there's a lot of people that do do that. And they, yeah. they, they started reading maybe a couple of years ago and found the character and then they, you know, kept re uh, continued on. And so it's, it's one of those things, like you say, we have to context is key. And Casada, I, I distinctly remember him being asked in 2010 about, spider girl and he you know privately and publicly said look i love spider girl but as we get to the end of this era in the digital publishing there was a very noticeable shift uh -huh. and 
So the fact that it didn't continue and they kind of had these stories that they had been building up and then they just stopped publishing it. I mean, it's, it's very odd and strange. And if you go back and read like web of Spider-Man at the time, um, you could have fit spider girl into those issues. Uh, but it, they also changed the story structure a little bit halfway through. And so the original intent was to do, like I say, these um, stories where you have the lead character and then, you know, move on. But then they kind of became multi-part weird stories later on. It, it's very strange. Um, and and it, like the whole thing, I think, turned on its head and Spider-Girl kind of got pushed out because it just didn't fit anymore with Web of Spider-Man. Uh, I, I mean, yes, but also I think that there was just because there were so many changes going on within Marvel at that time because of the merger, I still think that a large part of that was we need to start clean. What are our titles that, you know, these are, what are your flagship titles? Mm-hmm. Spider-Girl was not a flagship title. No. So. And it, yeah. And, and, and of course they, they had already bought the stories. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they needed, they need, you know, it became, okay, now we, we need to, we need to at least publish them somewhere. And as web of Spider-Man was starting to wrap up, um, you know, it didn't make any sense anymore. So it, it, it was yeah. just kind of a perfect storm is, is what bottom no, line. It, it really was like, I mean, it was, I mean, at, you know, add in the economy at the time mm-hmm. and everything going on. And then of course, just kind of what really did feel like, like you said, like, I mean, it was a shift in where they wanted Spider-Man to be. Mm-hmm. And that meant all of the titles regardless. And you know, when, we, when I talk about big time next episode, uh, it was very much a seismic shift. The biggest, the most significant shift since the beginning of Brand New Day, just because the tone of the Brand New Day era was very inconsistent um, because of the rotating cast of writers. And it just tonally, it was very up and down and um, you know, some great writers. I don't think they ever got a true fair shake. Guys like Mark Wade um, were writing Spider-Man at the time and they were just part of the, the cog and the machine. And and same thing with Roger Stern. I mean, Roger Stern came in for a few, few issues um, during that period of time too. And it was just nobody, you couldn't you couldn't keep up the momentum is, is the bottom line. And so, um, yeah, with that, um, let's start. I'll, I'll, so I'm doing the first two rundowns. Uh, Kelly's going to do the last rundown. So I'm going to do the rundown. Kelly's going to give her review, and then I'll give my review of each. We'll just do it like we've normally done it. We're not going to combine the, the rundowns. So, um, no. all right. Why would you yeah. even bring that up? Who? No, I just just it's not case. happening ever, 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 Zach. We're not okay. doing it. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So yes. Spectacular Spider-Girl number nine, uh, published online on January 13th of 2010, republished in Web of Spider-Man number five, cover date of April 2010, released on February 17th, 2010. The title of the of this particular issue is ch- called Choosing Science, and our issue begins with a bang, literally. 
An explosion has occurred while Falcone's Pizza. It was opened back in 1952 and had served the residents of Forest Hills for decades. Owned by a former crime boss named Don Rigolotto, he was murdered and eventually became the property of one Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin. Upon the death of the Kingpin, Black Tarantula became the owner, and therefore it became a target. At 2.35 in the morning, it was no more. Two hours later, we have our favorite detective, Drasco, on the scene, informing Ruiz of what was going on at this, quote, ungodly hour. The reason, Peter Parker, our favorite CSI, has determined that the alleged explosive is connected with three other bombings and therefore the gang war. Later that morning, we have our heroine, May Mayday Parker, hanging upside down in an attempt to attempt to stretch out her injured ankle. She's about to hit the showers, wondering what she needs to do with Black Tarantula, because despite the fact that he is a criminal, he has always been there for Spider-Girl. She knows that she owes him, and she wonders if she'll be forced to choose sides. After her shower, she comes downstairs to find our favorite anti-hero? Clone hybrid person? It's April. April is uber hyped. She's not an anti-hero at this point. Not Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's just a clone. She's a brat. (laughs) Uh, April is uber hyped to get involved because she's decided that she's going to read the newspaper and therefore that she just needs to be involved. Uh, May reminds her that they promised that they wouldn't be involved with this gang war. April remarks that it was only Mayday and that April doesn't count, but Uncle Peter and Mary Jane or. Aunt Mary Jane and Uncle Peter remind April that it applies to both of them, much to April's chagrin. Benji clings to his mother harder as she attempts to hand the boy off to April, but April sort of avoids doing so. Hmm. April changes her appearance, and MJ remarks that it is finally a practical superpower. May questions April if she's avoiding Benji, and April just quickly dismisses it, trying to figure out a way around their parents' wishes. Meanwhile, Man Mountain Marco, the Magia's resident lieutenant, is informing the new boss, Don Silvio, a.k.a. Silverback, about the beefed-up security to prevent surprise visits, because Black Tarantula had a recent surprise visit recently. Silvio dismisses this as he wants to meet Black Tarantula again and crush him like a bowling ball in his hands. Marco remarks that the cops are getting, quote, hinky, which Silvio dismisses because he has a high-play source. He's concerned with wild cards like Spider Girl. At Midtown High, Davida and Courtney are waiting to speak about the latest happenings going on in Midtown, and April makes an excuse to bail because she's not a big fan of Mayday's friends. The gossip that they want to talk about is Wes may have discovered the true identity of Spider Girl. Dun dun dun. Across town at the Legrand Excelsior, Fabian, aka Black Tarantula, Anya, a.k.a. Aranya, and Jespero have a conversation. Jespero informs Fabian of the losses that they're having, adding up to a million dollars a day in resources. Anya tries to convince Fabian that maybe they should just, you know, save money by stop being criminals. Uh, Black Tarantula tells her that to look at the big picture that an occasional gang war, is pa- gang war is part of their natural order of things. The cleansing of the dead wood and allowing for new blood to form. Anya reminds him of the collateral damage, like his precious Spider-Girl. Speaking of Spider-Girl, May finds April and Jean Thompson talking and looks for an excuse to come between them, since she knows how Jean is. She comes over and mentions uh, mentions Simone to Jean, asking if he's checked in on her, and grabs April. April is perturbed 
And of course, they bump into Wes, who makes May run away as she doesn't want to talk about it right now. It being whatever, you know, he wants to talk about. She's not really running away as much as just she's avoiding. Yeah. Avoiding it all. That That's true. That's a better way of saying it. It's, she's it's, just avo- it's a, she, she didn't like just straight up run. She politely pushed April and her away. an awkward bit ensues between wes and april and they leave separately april is tired of quote acting like a teen and being a teen and she wants to do something she transforms and leaves school swinging away only to find two groups in a gunfight together one side thinks that april's on their side and she rudely informs them of otherwise as she's about to leave some scars on the face of a perpetrator police show up and she takes her leave they think it's spider girl at first which annoys April and she wonders why they mistake her for spider girl, but man mountain Marco is there on the roof and kind of tells her that maybe it's the webs. He also wonders what her angle is and offers her a job back at school. We see mayday's internal struggle about where April is about what she's going to do with Wes and etc. When a neighboring student whispers about a shootout, not far from there, May knows that she can't stay on the sidelines any longer while innocent lives are at stake. She's going to have to break a promise to her mother because she's figured out the only way that makes sense. And unfortunately, it's going to be risky. Later, we see the Midtown South Precinct. Ruiz is talking with Drasco about the events from earlier that an unsub dressed as Spider-Girl was involved, but it wasn't Spider-Girl. She requests an update when she walks into her office, remarking that she doesn't need a mask in this great gang war. Mayday is there and she wants to help, only for Ruiz to pull her gun on her and tell her that it'd be hard to do from a cell since she's under arrest to be continued. Kelly, your thoughts on this particular Yeah, issue. as I should have been prepared, but instead I was defending some artwork um, in this issue. Uh, but yeah, so honestly, I think my main thing as I'm... Oh, there we go. All right, so one, I want to note in this issue... Like my major thing I think we gener- we really need to note in this issue is as um, May is kind of doing her morning stretches and like a light morning workout uh, on the ceiling, it looked like, um, she, when she goes to grab her shampoo, mm-hmm. uh, it is a, um, it is the Suave, I've heard Suave juice, but it's a Suave Apple Shine shampoo. Mm. But it says naturals on it. But like it was, I remember this. I remember this like suave, juicy. It was like juicy apple shine or something. Um, so I remember that. And then uh, of course, immediately thought of was oh god, her poor hair because that was like a dollar shampoo back when you could buy dollar shampoo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not great for your hair. As I I was like religiously into like the herbal essences pomegranate one which is not much better literally same same stuff just seven dollars <laughs> it was bad it was bad don't don't put cheap stuff on your hair it it strips it it's gross pretty sure that there was a like oh is I, that I what don't... happened no. <laughs> i used to use pantene um i used to use oh pantene. well that that explains it pantene sucks yeah yeah so that's anyway. probably why I'm here. <laughs> yeah so uh but I, I just want to make sure because the apple shampoo is going to be very important in the next two issues. Like, just trust yes. me on this. It, it is. It's going to be very important. Um, so, 
and, and actually because of that shampoo, it's why uh, all my Spider Girl costumes get sprayed down in the DI and uh, DKNY Be Delicious, like the apple perfume. Oh. Because of this right here. So I'm, I'm that much of a nerd and I just wanted to point that out. Because like I said, it is it is very important, the next two issues. Um, and then, of course, you know, I really do love that, like, Benji Spider-Sense is still warning him about April mm -hmm. here. Uh, you know, at least, like, that's the way I've always kind of taken it is it's kind of like he he's getting, like, baby Spider-Sense. Like, he knows something's mm -hmm. off, but he, obviously he's a baby, so he doesn't know what. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, no. Really. Yeah. Uh, In his history with symbiotes, you know. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I feel, I feel. I also thought it was really weird, considering everything with uh, symbiotes and Mary Jane. That Mary Jane was like, ah, yes, finally a practical superpower. <laughs> when April right. changes, and I'm like, really? Like, but you, you know, you know what her DNA is, right? Like, <laughs> right. I'm sure she was just she's trying to make light of a messed up situation, but still, I was like, eh, uh that. Spider Slinger, you're not the only one. I felt the same way. Um, I, at first, when I, I remember when I, when I very first read and saw Don Silvio, I thought it was Silverman. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a new character. So yeah, you're not. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you, you had a couple more notes about April and Jean. Here. Oh, yeah. I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean. It, it's only a joke that uh, Symbio Bro, aka Tyler, could say, but like they're that, they're them as a pairing is is there's there's a lot of uh, material for symbiote lovers knowing who Gene's dad oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, think about that. yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Oh, and then yeah, I guess I had like one last thing, but we you might bring it up it's just the whole like i i know i need to temper my frustration with her with april mm. but like right now she is literally causing the most trouble <laughs> she really is like half of like may's issues here and what goes down during this gang war literally could be resolved if april would just effing listen yeah yeah yeah, it, it it really, I mean, she really is something that has thrown a monkey wrench into everything. So my notes are, over the years, Peter's had this difficult time with the police, and he was often misunderstood thanks to the Bugle's influence and some bad luck. So May, up until this volume, has never truly had that issue and it's been and it's been largely beloved by everyone so her facing yeah. this adversity is something that i feel that makes this volume unique and also kind of rings true with pre-established history as well uh, we continue to me we continue to see this descent into madness that is april here <laughs> and most of her actions are to withdraw from what may is do offering her and knowing where this ends up i enjoy it but reading it as it goes it really makes you in my opinion, dislike her. And she's got this big choice to come and it's going to have massive ramifications. Uh, we discussed the sort of nature versus nurture debate. And it's, it's really true here. You can give someone the path of good. You can bend over backwards to give opportunities, but it's up to the individual to take them and use them and move forward. I can understand to a point of the disillusionment with April that she feels here. 
and the literal imposter syndrome that some people can I- definitely identify in the character. I don't with. think she's got imposter syndrome. That's the thing. What I mean May, is, is that May has more imposter syndrome than April does. April, she is insecure, but it's a different, it's a different kind of insecure. Yeah, because she literally is the imposter. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, but her actions here are sort of a beta test of sorts towards the recent trend of all the power and none of the responsibility that we would see later on with Kane as Scarlet Spider, and Otto as the not so superior Spider Man. So. Okay, wait, did, so did you mean like to say, oh, she's the test subject or is she a commentary on all of that? I think she's part commentary and part uh, she kind of inadvertently <laughs> started that trend, certainly. Well, um, if if it doesn't go to the extreme that the other two go, but it, it is definitely a commentary of like that that trope of, OK, what if we turn the power responsibility thing on its head? Because, yeah. I mean, she's definitely acting very irresponsibly and, and utilizing her power the way she wants to do. And in, in some ways, there is some elements of that with with Kane and oh, yeah. and Oscar. So Well, no, I mean, because the issue is, is that, okay, you have the power. You know, why not just do what you want? But that's the yeah. point is that that's not. It's not right. Yeah. So. Right. Any other yeah. final thoughts on this issue? Huh? Final thoughts on this issue? No, not really. Uh, like, I mean, it it's a good little setup to what's coming. Okay. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and go to the next issue. All right. Spectacular Spider-Girl number 10, published online on February 12th, 2010. Reprinted in Web of Spider-Man number 6, May of 2010 cover date. Released on March 10th. 2010 a title a matter of trust i'm going to resist the urge to insert a billy joel clip uh i mean if you right. had it on hand but no. I, I i don't have it on hand so i See? I, I could have used my phone to play it through but well, no you could you could have been prepared i listen you didn't i you don't like me using the, the soundboard so i soundboard I you said video oh well uh, i i should have i should have clipped a video Okay, anyway, so our issue begins right where it left off um, with an opening splash page from the perspective of Captain Ruiz. Her gun is drawn and is pointed at Spider-Girl. Internally, we get a bit of a recap of what's going on, and May tries to assure Ruiz that she doesn't mean any harm. Captain says that she's got a lot of guts showing up when when Mayday is still a person of interest, concerning Gwen's Riley's death, and she wonders why she just shouldn't just read her Miranda rights and book her there. May responds with two reasons. One, the person who actually did it is in federal custody. And two, she is one of the good guys. She tells Captain that her reputation precedes her, and that she was part of Code Blue, the task force from the 80s and 90s run on Thor and Thunderstrike that used to coordinate with superpowered beings to stop supervillains. This causes Captain Ruiz to pause, holster her weapon, and give Mayday the chance to talk. Meanwhile, back on our roof, April mocks the offer, and Man Mountain knows what he sees, someone who can help him make a bunch of money. April calls him a leather freak, and Marco makes a jab right back at her and saying, you should talk. He wonders what uh, allowed uh, what to call her, and she responds, May... <coughs> <coughs> 
Mayhem. That's what she comes up with. Smooth. Eternally. I'm saying this to April, but smooth. Yeah, right? Smooth. Yeah. Uh, she Internally, she informs the reader who she really is, April Parker, but she's the, quote, real Mayday. But don't listen to Mayday because <laughs> Mayday's wrong. Mayhem informs him that he, she doesn't want money, but Marco says that everyone wants something. And that, that she figures it out to call him. And he leaves a business card, which amuses me. <laughs> um... Meanwhile, we got Chesbro doing his best to be a CPA uh, impression and wonders aloud if they need to get a government bailout. <laughs> this is timely. Also informing Black Tarantula of the fact that someone dressed as Spider-Girl attacked. Anya wonders if it's the clone or Spider-Girl. And she, she right uh, as she rightfully says, they don't know which one is which. Or Black Tarantula says he doesn't know which one's which. Anya wonders if they smell blood in the water and if that she's aligned with silverback as this is happening. Mayday is called and she wants to arrange a meet. Fabian knows that if it's really is spider girl, she just, she wants him to make peace, but at what cost Anya for the record thinks it's a, as general Ackbar once said, it's a trap. May heads home wondering if she can trust cat Marie's. She asks, she's asked to cat Marie's is asked to keep things quiet and wonders if this will blow up in Mayday's face. She fakes a smile and awkwardly bumps into April, and they discuss their day, neither wanting to discuss it really. Elsewhere at Cafe Indigo, Wes wonders aloud to Jimmy what the real Spider-Girl's life is like. Jimmy assumes that she's, it's just like the Avengers and that she doesn't have, in fact, a secret ID. Wes disagrees, thinking that she's probably a teenager, a lot like them. At dinner... May tries to bring up Ruiz to Peter, and Peter starts to relay the rumor about Mayhem. MJ cuts them off. May agrees, and April merely nods with a grin of mischievousness on her face. May spends the rest of the night avoiding eye contact with her mother. The next day at school, Chesbro confirms the meet and the place via phone call. May calls Ruiz and relays the information. Ruiz informs Drasco to, to suit the code blue guys up. May finds Jean and April talking again. May one talks with April inquiring about Jean, and she responds that they want to, they, he wants to meet up with her later. May tries to convince her to cancel and do a quote web thing later. Wes shows up and offers an ear and wonders if they can get together after school, that there's something he needs to discuss with her. May asks if it can wait until tomorrow and that, and he is okay with it because he can't imagine the pressure that she's under. Drasco has, Inform Don Silvio what's going on, and Don sends his best assassination team to get to Black Tarantula and Spider-Girl. On the roof, April finally gets there, and May has lost wondering what Wes is on about. April almost slips into her mayhem version of herself and catches herself. We get the three-quarter page splash that makes our cover for this issue, and together the two swing into the meeting place. She's updating April of her plan, and April just wants to She's just like, why don't we just go kick ass? Like, why are we doing this? May's plan is to have April shine the spider girl sig or the spider signal to tell Ruiz to when to show up. And April is annoyed. Meanwhile, Ruiz and Drasco are set up and are ready to go. May comes in and her spider sense is buzzing like crazy. May assumes that he did that. He didn't come alone. Fabian shows up and informs her of the police presence blocks away. And May, and May says that he should talk, assuming that the goons that they're surrounded by are his. Fabian feels betrayed because these are not, in fact, his guys. 
May thought that she could solve this. They defend themselves while May tries to get April's attention. April's on the phone and talking with Jean. Black Tarantula is disappointed in her, thinking that they had a bond. She implores him to listen and he, that he might have in the past, but feeling betrayed, he leaves, but not before he booms his way out. Leaves an explosion to, for his getaway. This gets April's attention, and she gets Reese to show up via spider signal. Reese shows up and wants answers. May wants to know who sent the goons. May internally wonders if there's a traitor in their midst, and her prime suspect, April. To be continued. All right, Kelly. Yeah. So, um, you know, Wes is not subtle at all, uh, and comes in like a freight train when he runs, like, runs into her, uh, runs into May because he's like, "Oh, yeah, you must have the weight of the world on your shoulders." Like, I can't possibly imagine. <laughs> Bro. I, like we, we love him for this um but subtlety is not his strong suit um <laughs> like at all um we we needed more wes i i feel like i feel like us rereading this and realizing how close we are to the end it's like oh man we didn't we didn't get enough time with his his character because he is he is very much like jump just jump out the window and figure the plan out like <laughs> Maybe <laughs> with bath water, just throw it in there. Yeah, just just go, like just go, figure yeah. it out. Uh, and I kind of, I I really love it. So uh, it's it's really great. So um, off, and then also, you know, ultimately, like ultimately about this issue is April's selfishness and just lack of integrity. And I'm gonna say that because that's really what it is, and I, what's kind of getting to us and bothering us so bad mm-hmm. is there is zero integrity. Yeah. Like she None. does not care. And like you can at this point, you cannot sit there and just say that it's because she's naive or she doesn't know better. No, not at this point. Like, uh, at this that's point. The th- and I, re- I realized too, like this is only days after, you know, or a, a week after the last story mm-hmm. tops. But that's kind of the situation at hand is that she is not, she does know. Like she is aware. Yeah. She she has given, you know, things to show she knows right from wrong. She knows what she should do and shouldn't do. She does listen. The issue is that she refuses to take any sort of like like credence to it or heed. Like he she refuses. She refuses to listen to people who want to help her and is actively just going after the quick and easy fix. And that's the thing that really, I don't know, like, it, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's bugging. It's bugging me. Um, you know, I've been nice enough when it comes to talking about her, but I wrote, gloves are off as we near the end because we will discuss her redemption when she redeems herself. But her, her selfishness in this issue, once again, could have put May in serious danger. And also, like, May, you're going to put May in danger because you want to text Jean. <laughs> you want to call gene yeah yeah it's gene so uh yeah no like just all around just trash like just total trash so yeah that's really all i have to say about this issue is uh i love wes i needed more of wes not being subtle <laughs> yeah yeah uh so 
I don't have a ton of notes here. Um, this is this is an issue that kicks into high gear about halfway through. May's plan is actually reasonable. Drasco Dr- Dr- is someone I who I really am sort of annoyed with because like ultimately he's part of the reason this goes sideways because he has to inform yeah. you know Captain Silvio. Uh, Ruiz, Fa- May, and Fabian aren't in the wrong. And yes, Ruiz does help escalate it. But let's be honest, she's covering her assets. April's cavalier oh. attitude is also a huge problem. Just to dovetail off what you're saying. She is so yeah. cavalier about and so laissez-faire about this situation. And she does she, not realize. She thinks it's a game, but it's like you've literally murdered a person. Yeah. Like. It. Like I said, there's almost, in a way, there's almost zero humanity here, which is very yeah. symbiote of her. And I know that that's half of her DNA. And we've talked about this because it almost feels like she's not human. Right. It's technically, she's not quite human. And obviously, yes, she learned, she develops a soul. I like those movies in the 90s. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not quite human. <laughs> but like, it's like, I have the power to mute you now. <laughs> she has power. she has so much power right now uh yeah but you know with great power there must also come great responsibility this and is true i therefore i will i will be kind in uh using <laughs> using my powers as uh neil oh, says no. to meet you now <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah so <laughs> But yeah, no. So like the whole thing though is I just she's not human right now. It's very yeah. clear. Like this is not and that's kind of the way it feels too. It's like she feels very like she's trying to be a uh, what she thinks teenagers are supposed to be. Like she watched all the raunchy comedies. Like she watched <laughs> American Pie one night and like now thinks she needs a date. Like we'll see in the next issue that I say there's a uh, where Jean asks her to the batting cages to to literally just you know go to the batting cages and she flirt and she goes like flirtily oh is that a euphemism which then made me think like how would that be a euphemism but I mean what I mean he does say hitting like you know like hitting the batting cages so I guess I don't know but like the fact that Jean just goes uh could could be. The funniest thing, and it's like done a throw, like it's just like a you just see it in passing. But, um, that's kind of my thing is like it really feels like, especially with like how hard, like how hard she goes, like into this like make out session with Wes earlier, how she's constantly like this boy crazy character, which she can legitimately be boy crazy, that's fine. But, um, it's the fact that, like, <laughs> it's the fact that, like. It's very clear she doesn't know what she's saying there either, but she's saying it with such broad, like bravado and like confident, like overconfidence and just kind of throwing herself on mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I mean, she technically did like sexual, like she technically did sexually assault Wes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's, this, this also dovetails on one of our comments here. It says one thing I was, that they were never clear on. Does April have May's memories or not? We said this. Sorry. Sorry, Spider Slinger. We've literally said this multiple times in multiple things. No, 
April does not have May's memories. Like they, they weren't implanted in her at all. At never point in time did that ever happen. She read May's diary when she got out and pretended to be May and got home the first mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, so everything she had, like all of her memories are coming from what May has written in her diary, which also may explain some things, but I'm not going there because May is a perfect little angel all the time. <laughs> What are you trying to say, Kelly? <laughs> oh, boy. That teenage girls uh, will be teenage girls in the privacy of their journal. Listen, I have no idea how that works. So, you know, you're going to have to speak. For what? <laughs> you, you don't know how being a teenager works? I know how being a teenage boy works, but not being a teenage girl. So, so you, you didn't have, like, private thoughts? I did have private thoughts, but but uh, I don't know if they're the same type of private thoughts for girls as well as boys. I don't know how this works. I'm a dude. I've been it's a it's a wonder I got married twice. Okay, let's just be real. That's fair. <laughs> oh, she just discovered the podcast last week. Okay. No, it's I, okay. It's, it's totally okay. Like I said, I'm not mad at you. It's just it's like legitimately this is one of the most uh asked questions and it's just kind of like I, I don't know it's kind of one of those things where it's like no we it's it's very clear in the issue if you go read the issue you know you see that she reads the diary but i understand it, it's such a tiny thing and everybody forgets over the years so definitely definitely go back and you know if you don't have time to reread the issue uh you can go back and listen to old episodes yeah, which the audio editions I'm working on, uh, they'll be out next week. So Awesome. Yeah. So again, sorry, Spider Slinger, not meaning to be mad. Like, I'm not mad at you. It is just, it is a very common, common question. And I should have yeah. more patience. Even though it's been like, what, five? I think we've said it in like five different <laughs> episodes now. I think we've said it on every episode that April's appeared in. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we figured that out like as we were reading we're like oh hey this is this okay now it makes sense well and it so, wasn't like, even no i i always knew that you know like <laughs> i always knew that an old man i mean as hinted well, by that, the- well that's what i'm saying is like when people don't like we're rereading it fresh and it's yeah things get muddled <laughs> and you know like i said i'm not always we're not always perfect, even us. Like I, like I said, I could be far more patient because I am not a patient person. <laughs> I should have uploaded but, an image of Wildcard, by the way. I'll what? Do that next time. I should have uploaded an image of Wildcard for next. Oh next yeah, session. yeah. We do. We do need to talk about Wildcard. I have a nickname for him. <laughs> and Instagram it told me it violated. <laughs> forgot about that yeah <laughs> oh boy you know what i wrote but okay so what i wrote today when i was hyping the episode up hyping the recording up was we also talk about wild card this pompous prick and i say that with love <laughs> apparently uh pompous prick is um dude what is it with what is it with you in facebook and 
Um, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's being a woman and, and saying anything negative whatsoever in metaverse. Like, like you think I, I'm kidding, but like people have done studies on this. If you are a female and you say anything negative, you get in trouble, even though I have literally seen uh, very nasty things being said by men towards women and they don't violate guidelines. Like in detail, things that they want to do, you know, including like SA and K, but uh, that doesn't violate guidelines. But me saying pompous prick as a joke, like in a jokey manner, even though I'm not wrong, as, as we'll talk as, about it. As, as like I said, <laughs> an amazing, awful character. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I say it with love, but uh, you know, the the ego on this man, um, just you know, again, it it's apparently I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to say anything negative whatsoever about Wildcard, according to the internet. Damn it, internet! All right, moving on. Let's stop. Speaking of Wildcard, yeah. Speaking of Wildcard, yay! Which is exactly why I needed. This is why I picked this. This is why I was like, I'm picking this issue because. Like I say, I will say negative things about Wildcard, but I do really love Wildcard. I really enjoy his just stupid character, and we'll you'll find out why later in the mini. Um, but all right. So, Spectacular Spider Girl issue eleven, info published online on March seventeenth, twenty ten. It was reprinted in Web of Spider Man number seven. Uh, June 2010, released April 14th, 2010, so it is 13 years old, and the title is Here Comes Wildcard, and like I said, you know I had to take Wildcard, so we start with this new character, Wildcard, immediately giving his battle call, Here Comes Wildcard, as he's throwing tricked out playing cards. This whole look is like someone raided a costume store on their way to a Vegas 1930s mob party. And we're talking gold pinstriped zoot suit with a red long brim fedora and a red overcoat. And a gold cane that could easily double as a baton. The trick to the card, uh, the trick to the trick cards he's throwing on these unsuspecting goons is tear gas. Green tear gas. Hmm. We get more of a close-up on his face as Wildcard lands a safe distance away from the tear gas, and we see that his face is a mask, and it looks more like the Jack on a deck of playing cards. Like hair, the wig is like hair and all. It looks like Jack, Jack off a deck of playing cards. And with the way Wildcard talks, with an obvious voice changer that's a little robo sounding, it looks like from the font. Which also, to side note. I get like, you know, Fester from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? You know how he talks? That's yes. the way I think the voice changer sounds. Just like like slightly robotic. Like, you know, if Fester got turned into a Cyberman. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's weird. It's just it's just what I hear in my head. So now you guys can hear it too. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> anyway, um, we get the impression um, that this guy is a bit just just a bit full of himself and kind of cock in a you know cocky shrewd entrepreneurial kind of guy like he would be a crypto bro in today's society <laughs> um and anyway he, at least you know 
Wildcard can back up his overconfidence with the fact that he's easily taking out these goons left and right. As Wildcard then uses some darts because someone raided a billiards hall. I wonder who we know that likes to play pool. Gotta go way, way back for that. Um, especially with access to, like I said, green tear gas. Probably, probably no one. We probably don't know who this is. This is definitely a new character. Definitely. It's not a familiar anyway. character at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, as as a wild card is taking these goons down with all of his billiard tricks, we see Mountain Man Marco talking to Nunzio uh, about maybe maybe they should offer this creepy weirdo a job. As as the wrong MMM, because uh, I start calling Mountain Man Marco MMM, and I'm like, the bad one, the wrong one. We're the good guys. Um. Goes to introduce himself, Wildcard interrupts, claiming to have done his research on the key players of this gang war, and they start a little chat, because, like, literally Wildcard knows everything. How? He claims research. Is that true? Maybe. Probably not, though. Uh, <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, at Midtown High, we see that May is in Mr. Kenning's class with Moose, which answers uh, Vinkman's voicemail we'll talk about later. We do see Moose, Vinkman. Anyway, uh, May can barely concentrate with everything going on about the gang war. Thinking to herself that things couldn't possibly get much worse, dooming herself to find out that, you know, things can actually get a lot worse, as we will find out. And I mean, not even a second later after May thinks this, she walks past April asking Jean if uh, him asking her to go to the batting cages later is a euphemism. Think about that one. And Wes comes from behind, and hold on, to make things weirder, Wes comes from behind, uh, like right behind May, to sniff her hair. I said that. It happened. He sniffed her hair. He just walked pop. right up and sniffed her hair. Uh, so thankfully, May takes it in, in stride as Wes explains himself. He's trying to figure something out before he shoots his mouth off about something. And just as he suspected, May's hair smells like green apples. Told you that shampoo was going to, you know, that was important. So anyway, May is starting to get a bit nervous since, as we know, Wes seems to know something about Spider-Girl's identity and has been trying to corner May into chatting for a bit. Could this be it? May agrees to follow Wes to his locker for a personal conversation as May's kind of kicking herself that her shampoo is going to be the thing to give away her secret identity. Can we trust Wes with her secret? I don't know. But back at Don Silvio's, we see Silvio lecturing with a pool stick, mind you, but not a different kind of pool situation. Uh, Mountain Man Marco, like he literally is just like, has the stick in Mountain Man Marco's face, uh, kind of lecturing him on just hiring anyone off the street. Wildcard could be a plant for Black Tarantula or the cops. Mountain Man Marco says he never said who he was working for to Wildcard and gave him a job to test his loyalty. He sicked him on Spider-Girl. If he succeeds, good for them. And if he fails, bad for Wildcard. Silvio seems pleased with this and wants to celebrate. He asks where Guido is, and we learned that Guido went to the wine cellar where he's not supposed to be. And well... Guido found something much more than just some vintage reds. 
Back in Midtown High, May and Wes are at his locker, and he comes clean about how he thinks April pretended to be May and uh, kissed him, which is why he's been acting so weird around her. That's even why, like, that's why he sniffed her hair, because April's hair doesn't smell like green apple. May is obviously shocked and furious at April. As Wes apologizes, May is already walking away to talk to April, telling Wes that he's been a perfect gentleman and a good friend. Which, as May walks away, uh, we get a peek into Wes's Spider-Girl-covered locker, and he talks to himself, if May only knew. Um, and I wrote, like, just side note, Wes is kind of a weirdo. Like, we love Wes. Wes is great, but I really, I, I, I like I said, I, I think he's just a spontaneous trip kind of guy. He jumps first and then figures it all out later. Like, there is no, there, there is no planning. There is no thoughts in his head, and that's okay. But he's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> I want to there. Huh? No. I mean, he had a good reason. Like I said, it, it, he 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 had to figure it out. But like you you know his thoughts were just like if I just do it, I'll know. <laughs> and then I can go to sleep. Because like it probably has kept him up all night because he was like I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. He was like I'm just going to do it. He's having like, existential crises. Yeah. Over over May's, <laughs> the smell of May's hair. Yeah, because he's like, I don't know what it like. <laughs> he's such a weirdo. I love him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, at the Legrand in the Excelsior Ballroom, Black Tarantula and Rania spar off in a friendly fencing match as Chesbro reads the newspaper. Anya wants uh, Fabian to go home, hiding her fear of losing him. I'm guessing, uh, under her matter-of-a-fact statement that Silvio currently has the upper hand. But Black Tarantula uses her lecturing to help him disarm her and pins Anya to the wall, as Fabian tells her to never underestimate the Black Tarantula, and that he already knows Silverback's greatest fear. As May grabs her things from her locker and heads up the school stairs to the roof, she mulls over her hesitation on letting someone in, Letting someone know her secret, she wishes she could confide in April, but consider how, considering how April's been conducting herself lately, probably not the best idea, even though she does need to talk to April about the West thing. Uh, May gets into her spider suit and goes out to stretch her legs a bit. She swings, spins, and just has a little fun time on the rooftops as she lets loose. Talking to herself about how she, you know, she's forgotten, she's forgotten how much she loves being Spider-Girl between the constant fighting and danger. Eh, it's cut a little short. Sadly, her spider sense goes off, cutting her much-needed fun short, and a slew of playing cards come flying her way. At first, May scoffs. Who is this now? The old maid? Go Fisher? But before she can get some more, car like, some more card-related pun names, the cards explode into green tear gas, as we saw earlier. The tear gas caught her mid-swing, so she tries to slow down and come in for an emergency landing, which an emergency landing it is as Spider-Girl goes crashing down. Wildcard then patronizes Spider-Girl, bringing up her father, which normally May would brush that off, say, you know, you don't know if Spider-Man's her father or not. But considering how pompous Wildcard sounds, Spider-Girl is just going to come in kicking, which, side note, uh, that's, I brought up Finster. That's where I brought up the first Finster in my notes. So anyway, he sounds like, fin let's be fair. He sounds like Finster from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> Can't tell me otherwise. 
that that's that's far more that's far better than what I thought he sounded like. But that, I'm just going to keep that. Wait, to what do you think he's? What do you think he sounded like? Julia Child, robotic no. Julia Child. Okay. No, um, the physicist, uh, Stephen Hawking, his voice, his computer that's voice. So fun. I know. Like I, I mean, know. at least like at least at least like the guy that like was the uh, Julia Childs in um, the Star Wars Christmas special. I have never seen the Christmas special, so <gasps> I know. I watch it now. I gotta, I gotta subject you to torture now. <laughs> um, so anyway, is it on Disney Plus? No. Oh, oh I'm I'll send you. I'll send you a link. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, so Wildcard somewhat apologizes for striking a nerve with Spider-Girl and advises that he only wants to stop Spider-Girl from interfering in the gang war. And he's going to beat her into a bloody coma if he has to. At the batting cages, Gene practices his swing as April gets very annoyed. This is not what she was thinking when she thought she'd get some alone time with Gene, which you... Jean brings up May and starts asking about who May is seeing, making April even more tense and riled up because um, this is supposed to be like their date, right? April gets so worked up by Jean's overinflated ego that she takes the bat and hits the ball so hard she collapses the pitching machine and leaves Jean confused because he has the emotional capabilities of sidewalk chalk. And April leaves him fuming because she's still under May's shadow. Mm-hmm. Back with May. Huh? Patreon exclusive. Kelly forces Zach to watch the Star Wars holiday special. Actually, maybe. That may be. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly forces Zach to watch the Star Wars holiday special. Only on patreon.com slash network. There you go. Hey. Anyway, so back with May and Wildcard. Wildcard has thrown his flashcards. He called them flashcards, not me. <laughs> yeah, they are they're playing cards that you know cause extreme flashes of light. Get it? Get it? It's so funny. All right, so he's trying. <laughs> he's such a tryhard butt. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, and he even knows these things. He caused some particle partial blindness in polarized lenses, like Spider Girl has in her mask. How does he even know that though? Wildcard leapfrogs over Spider Girl and tells her she's gonna lose if she she's gonna lose if she can't see. But before Spider Girl could quip about her spider sense, Wildcard mocks that too, and he's designed a special card that sends May's spider sense into overdrive and overwhelms her, which I personally think is a low blow when you think on when we go forward. And I'm gonna keep bringing it up. Just saying, because I, I think that this this card was a low blow. This card hit below the belt. This is not fair. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sends May's spider sense into overdrive and overwhelms her. Spider Girl falls to the rooftop uh, to her knees, trying to ground herself, um, and Wildcard leaves her with a warning. Man Mountain Marco wanted her dead, but Wildcard doesn't kill for free. So the next person they hire might not be as finicky. He warns her to stay away from the gang war. See, May, things can get a lot worse. 
In the middle of the jungle, we see a truck driver deliver a package to a man on his porch. It's a newspaper, the Daily Bugle, with a headline, Streets of Fire, and a note advising that Don Silvio has returned. So will he? Question mark. This man walks into his house, opens up a U.S. Marine trunk, and we get to see a splash page of who it is. Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, suiting up. In his narrative, we get to see his war journal entry. Looks like Frank's retirement is over, and it's back to the trenches for the Punisher. To be continued. So, Zach, what did you think of this issue? Um, wild card is bonkers. His design, his powers, how he carries himself. I really enjoyed his introduction here and how he's a new player in this in this gang war thing. Uh, pure standpoint of the final part of this, however, it doesn't really feel like a final issue to me. It just feels like another part, even with the final reveal of the Punisher. Uh, Frank is Frank has always been one that I have struggled with in terms of whether I like him as a character or despise him. Um, he's often misunderstood and has caused me to have debates with my friends about him. And so he's really a fit with this street level side of spider girl and th brings this us to this final chapter of the story. And I, 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 it is interesting to see a Frank castle 15 years later when you know he thought his his mission was done it's in because like frankly i always think that <laughs> in my brain frank's end game is his own death and so like the fact that he's still alive 15 um, years unless, later unless it's unless it's cosmic punisher or what, what was it where he was, had baby thanos strapped to him was that comic the cosmic punisher or franken castle or yeah i don't know but I mean, just to show people visually the the look of wild card. I mean, this is this is bonkers. Let me take this banner down. Like this is this is bonkers. <laughs> I look. I um. Anything I have to say, any any joke I want to make is technically spoiling it. And for the people who are reading along or listening. And this is the only way that they can get this issue. I can't, I can't spoil it. Like, I really don't want to, but like, I really want to because um, the mall chic look uh, tends to run in the family. And, um, you know, anytime they have to deal with a gang war, it's like, let's go back to like 1930s, uh, like party city looks. And so... Why are you writing those? Like I didn't write my tagline. No, oh, my bad. I, I was trying to figure out where they were, where that was, and so my bad. <laughs> I haven't written that tagline. That was the last time I wrote like the "It's midnight. I need. I'm crashing." Was uh satellites. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, anyway, well, yeah. No, like I mean, you know, like I said, it's a uh, wild card. Wild card is a interesting character. He he's very cocky. It's almost like he's having fun with it. Having a little too much fun. Having and he's a little also... too much. And, he, and see, and the thing is, is like, we'll find out that, you know, um, he had some help with uh, his trick cards and probably the costume, because let's be fair. And <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think that the person behind the mask would have came up with this design. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 no. That suit suit is all the man in the mask. Listen, as somebody that wore a zoot suit to prom, 
it was the Roaring Twenties. Okay, that, that that was the theme. Don't judge no, me. Just, just, I just, I. The people that created the wild card persona had a lot, a little too much fun in planning it. And I feel like while good intentions were there, that they, they, they got a little, little mean spirited. The both of them. We'll talk about it when we get to it because I've got a lot to say. I like I greatly disagree with how they they justify themselves. <laughs> I will I will come up with it, man. So yeah, so um Yeah. Your thoughts on this issue? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's like I will I will talk all day long about wildcard. I really like wildcard, but I really want to talk about like how wildcard is wrong. <laughs> like the guy and the man in the chair for wild card are wrong they're both wrong so anyway yeah. um yeah no this definitely wasn't a final issue and it obviously wasn't meant to be so i mean it even says to be continued we all know from the past that if a storyline or um a series was even possibly going to be ending it would always be to be concluded or is this the you know is this the end or something else? It would never be to be continued. To be mm -hmm. continued kind of was always the tagline, uh, like almost kind of telling the fans it's safe. Everything's fine. You know? Yes. Also, and obviously uh, things weren't fine. <laughs> yes. And I looked it up because I did, I did compare the, uh, what it says in spider girl digital mm -hmm. and with, um, web of Spider-Man. And yeah. even in the digital version of web of Spider-Man, it says, uh, to be continued in Spectacular Spider-Girl number one on sale in May. Yeah, so it did It did say that in the printed version, yes. but it did not say that in the digital format, which it's still still sitting there. It's just saying to be continued. And it mm -hmm. just, that's it for the digital comics. Um, but yeah, Wildcard is, as I, as I said, uh, I love Wildcard, but they are so pompous, so overly confident. They look absolutely ridiculous. And everything I have to say or speculate about it on, I can't say until our next episode because I don't want to spoil who's behind the mask and who's behind the weapons. As much as while rereading this, I just want to scream about how much they are total dorks. <laughs> I just want to call them dorks. They are big, giant dorks. But I will save that rant for next time. Uh, Punisher coming in gives the similar setup and vibes that Hobgoblin did at the end of Spider, um, like towards the end of Spider Girl, like as we set up Hobgoblin as the big bad in the original Spider Girl series. This is very much like when he suited up. You know, mm -hmm. what was it, 90? Was it issues 91 or 92? No, no, like 95. 90, in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, 95. I think 95. Yeah. Because it was showing where she was getting, so, you know, where like he's getting his suit back on to be the hobgoblin. This is very reminiscent of that to me, like down to the splash page kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So I, I liked, like, even if it wasn't intentional, I liked that dichotomy, mm -hmm. right? That's the right word for it, right? Yes, so. anyway where it's like because it, it's a duality and it it does kind of give this a final feeling you know it's almost like once more with feeling like it's final um even if that wasn't necessarily intentional um but yeah so you know as we know 
Castle isn't on anyone's side, good or bad, just his side and the way he feels people should be punished. This being Silverback and anyone who gets in his way to getting the Silverback. Fabian knew exactly who to get. Um, but again, with Castle's brand of justice, things are about to get worse, a lot worse. So that's all I have to say. Yep. Um, okay. It's about going to get bad. <laughs> and then we it. add April into the mix. It's about to get dark. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. It's going to uh. get. Yeah. Um, but not like overtly dark. It's just dark for for MC2, I'll say. Well, um, I mean, MC2 can get pretty dark. It just wasn't like overtly. You know, it, it's dark stuff felt more realistic because let's be fair real life can get pretty dark but this is true it's not it's not always uh mcu filter where you can't see anything ever so um pivoting from there from our reviews uh, we do not have any emails, but if you want to leave us an email, you can always leave us an email at makemymayday at gmail.com or network at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. If you're listening to us on the audio edition, leave a review and on your favorite podcasting catcher, and I will track it down and I will read it. We will read it uh, together on air. But we do have a voicemail line, 818-925-6631. The voicemail line is for the entire Spidey Dude Radio Network, so be sure to if you leave a voicemail, let us know what show you're calling about and uh, state your name, and we will play it on the respective shows, just like this one. We got a voicemail today. Yay! You're so, so happy. You're very happy. I am so happy. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hello, Kelly and Zach. This is Venkman. Just dropping a line to ask a quick fan canning question that I'd like to um, put to you guys. Other than a few background appearances here and there for the rest of uh, Spectacular, we don't see a whole lot of Moose, Mansfield, or his cousin Donna. It it it, just, it seems like like as soon as like April was introduced towards the back half of Amazing Spider Girl, their subplots just kind of fell to the wayside. You know, the question that I'm going to put out to to not say you but to everyone is. How would you wrap up their subplots? You know, ultimately, what do you what happened with with Moose's dad? Did Moose ever come around towards his you know anger towards Spider Girl and you know what whatever happened to to Donna? That, that's about it. Looking forward to your answers, and until next time, or until Zach's uh, soundboard finally craps out, make mine mayday. How dare you insult the soundboard? Anyway. No, always, always insult the soundboard. <laughs> and as they said, geez, whoever left that voicemail sounds like a total dork. Um, uh, no, so um, it is interesting that that, that um, you, you bring that up. I mean, obviously he's in the background, um, but he's definitely not as, as much of a featured player. I, I do agree with that. Um I would like to think that it got settled a little bit, like like because of the amount of times that Spider Girl and Moose interact outside of like you know um, May and Moose, 
I would have, I, I would think that there would probably have been another interaction and, you know, um, maybe that they, they could have had a, 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 com- a productive conversation. Cause I, I'm sure that Mayday would have been like, look, I understand you're upset with me. I understand you're mad at me, but like, I, I had to do what I had to do. And hopefully his father pulls through, but we don't, I don't think we ever find out. Do we? I don't believe we do, but obviously we will check in as, cause it's could be something we both forgot. It might be something tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like we really don't see a whole lot of anybody, um, after April comes crashing in, uh, because May's focus is now solely on April, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, we see Davida, we see Courtney, like we, May is desperately trying. Um, but yeah, we don't really see Donna and Moose. Obviously we saw him drawn today in her class. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was there. Uh, so he he's still there. He's still hanging around. I ultimately I think it's you know it, just he him as a character. He's dealing with his dad's um hot, like I mean he's dealing with all of his dad's stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think he would be majorly present in school either. Um, and you know sure I would really love to see like a you know something where he comes back around to loving Spider Girl and. They get a heart to heart, but it, I just don't think that that's necessarily something that would make a little sense without like so, like way farther down the line. Yeah, um, you know, it, it would. Unfortunately, I think the only direction that you could conceivably go. Uh, not the only, but I, like like the the most obvious would be if he if he figured out that May is Spider Girl, which so, I mean we'll we'll get to it when we get to it, but mm-hmm. I mean ultimately this this is my thing. I also think just her friends don't have to like Spider Girl, like that's the yeah. thing. Like we we kind of have it right now that most of everybody the general consensus is Spider Girl is wonderful. She's a hero for the city. Everybody loves her, you know in Obviously, that's kind of a play on the fact that, like, Spider-Man never really had that thanks to, you know, the newspapers. And, you know, it's a little bit different in the Daily Bugle now. But I think that's kind of, I almost, it's not like I like it or I prefer Moose to be hateful towards her because I don't. But I think that that creates the most, like, it just feels realistic. Like, he he's putting all of his anger about what's going on with his dad, like, and all that blame on spider girl and of course he doesn't realize that it's may and i i and that's kind of my thing i don't see you know like you said earlier like i just don't see him forgiving spider girl until he knows who's behind the mask because right now that mask is basically like it's like an internet persona well it's it's you know, it's very it doesn't feel hu- it almost doesn't feel human to him if that yeah. makes sense so that's something he can just throw all of his hate at and get that out. And that's kind of my thing is I just don't see that changing. Mm-hmm. And I and I guess it's more like I think that, that we should be okay with that being okay, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think like with Courtney being a very smart cookie, um, you know, 
something to change there. I don't know. Like it's it's not like I haven't like not thought about it. It's just more of like their storyline is kind of not the main focus. So like I hope his dad pulls through and everything's okay. Like I mean I I would like that, but at the same time, depending on how you know if the story was continued, it would be dependent on what's going on. Like it also could add more drama and a better like it could tell a a story with a lot of heart if his dad didn't pull through and we had to go through that you know how do you support a friend who is very angry towards you you know even if it's not like someone he knows like towards you and like how do you handle grief mm-hmm. obviously like we, we learn in spider spider verse that was handled inappropriately and wrongly. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like if we were to correct that, that would be a good little duality. Well, and and it would go along with a lot of the themes that were done, especially in in both the first two volumes. Yeah. Um, uh, of, 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 you know, volume three definitely is defined by the April situation in a lot of ways. Well, because she, April, April comes in like a wrecking, like she is literally Miley Cyrus swinging on the wrecking ball. And I was going to make the joke, but good job. <laughs> yeah. But she really is. I mean, she, it, it, it fundamentally does transform a lot of the book because it is such a, just a huge plot point. And it, it is, it is, but it's also, like I said, it's just, I kind of feel like, I don't know, it's it's not like, you know, it's like, I hope, like, we know that they're okay. If we don't see them in a story, we know they're okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we know Don is there, we know Moose is there. Um, Courtney you know, and Davida are good. The, yeah, so that's kind of like where my brain is. It's like, well, we know they're okay, so I'm okay, and, you know... It's almost kind of like right now they're they're in stasis. They're in stasis until we play with them. If I had a choice, like I said, I would probably, for a drama sake, probably kill Mrs. Dad. <laughs> but this is why I'm not writing Spider Girl. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I would uh I'd probably do something dra- because I mean because that that would be how I would probably introduce the oh Peter's back, and how May's happy that her dad's back but yeah but how do you i mean it leads to other questions like how do you explain his resurrection to the police department and And that's that's what i'm saying that's the whole situation it's like you have that while there's actual grief like there is grief here and so i don't know i would have to plot it my i'm just spitballing but yeah so this kind of gets into um let's first give a rundown of what's you know what next next episode next issues kelly you'll get if you want to give that rundown yeah. of yeah 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 um all right so we have for the next issue we get down to the printed mini that calls itself spectacular spider girl but i personally refer it refer to it as spider girl versus the punisher we're going to go over the entire mini next episode so expect a crazy extra special probably extra long episode that will be this mini eep yeah and uh, next episode's episode 49 uh but what about the 50th episode you might ask um so 
little minor announcement here. Uh, so with five issues left as the Sp original Spider-Girl run, we'll be covering obviously those four issues that she just mentioned. Spider-Girl The End will be its own episode, but only a part of it because we want to hear from you. This episode will be our 50th and we want as much participation as possible because it really truly is the end of an era for the series. So help us celebrate. We need emails. We need fan art that is work appropriate. And the fact that we have to say that makes us want to die a little on the inside. I, I thought uh, I was going to say that, but like, you know, it, I, look, you saw it too. I, I forced you to look at it too. Yeah. She basically like held me down and opened my eyes like this. So it was, uh, I didn't quite do that. I kept telling you, you know, you don't have to, but you should. Cause I I'm, I'm haunted and I, I need, <laughs> I, need a I need a trauma buddy. So uh, we'll be meeting on Thursdays when we're not doing the show uh, yeah. with our therapy sessions. Yeah. Uh, better help the official, unofficial sponsor of this. Podcast. No, better help sucks. I know it's a joke. Uh, thank you. Thank God. I did. I, I almost paid for that by the way. Anyway. No, no. have you, ha did you see the Illuminati's like, deep dive on it like oh my god no i didn't i didn't see okay, that I'll, I'll send i'll send you the link i you know me i like i like doc documentary twitter or documentary youtube uh, so yeah so uh i i knew that there was like a massive data breach and like yeah but there's also the a lot of the therapists were not necessarily like they weren't vetted appropriately <sighs> Yeah, like I, it got so bad. Like there was one show that was like that was one of their sponsors. Yeah. And oh, a, a lot of people still have better help. Like that's kind of why like everything really quickly shut down on that was up is because there was too much, too, too much scandal. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. They like uh, one of my favorite podcasts is Genius Bar. It's a Apple podcast because I am an Apple sheep, uh, and <laughs> they that was one of their sponsors, and they they actually stopped stopped using them as a sponsor because of. The data breaches that was like the the first domino for them. Uh -huh. So, um, nevertheless, uh, you, you want to say the last bit because I got off track. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, so I, like Zach said, we need, e you know, we want emails, we want voicemails, we want like, if you want to give us tiny fan fictions, I guess that would be okay. But like, it needs to be really tiny. So. I would personally say no, not this, not this episode. Um, but fan art, just things you want to share. Give us your favorite, like tell us, tell us your favorite things about Spider Girl and about the what I consider like the OG run, which is everything up to Spider Girl the end. Like, tell us like what your favorite moments of the show have been since this is kind of like our major half. It's more than halfway, but it's kind of like our major halfway point. Uh, yeah, it's, we're going into another uh, era that has a, a what? It's a ten, almost ten-year break, isn't it? Like over ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we're going into like we'll be in an entirely new decade when we start on Spider Verse, which is not Marvel's finest. Um, so. Yeah. So yeah. So we need everything you know that you guys can share and that way we can chat about the end of spider girl as we close this chapter and move into a new era for make mine mayday so we definitely want like to hear from you guys and talk to you guys and 
have kind of a big celebration that yeah. we've made it to Spider Girl the end. And obviously things won't be over. We'll still have a ton of Mayday appearances left. It is not the last that we see of our girl, uh, but you know, it's the last time she leads a book on her own. Yeah. So um, steals every yeah. scene in ensemble stuff though. Yes. Um so if you're following along like on the audio editions, you know, I have season one, season two, and et cetera. This will be the new se like we'll we'll end this season of Spider Girl with the end, and then we'll start the new season on the audio side. Especially it's it's only on Apple. It doesn't do that with uh, Spotify and, and Google. Uh but it you can break it down via seasons. And so um yeah, so it'll be the end of definitely the end of an era and the beginning of a new one, as uh was infamously put on. Uh, the cover of Spectacular Spider-Man number 229 back in the day. Um, okay, so that leads us to wrap up this particular episode. If you want to follow along, uh, you can always find us over on our social medias at Spidey Dude Network on Facebook. Twitter is at Spidey Dude Radio. If you're watching us on Twitter, hello. Uh, Make my Mayday uh, as well. You can find Kelly. Uh, YouTube.com slash Spidey Dude Radio Network. If you're listening to the audio edition, find us on YouTube because occasionally there'll be some audio, uh, some visual aids. Uh, and of course, the live comments. Instagram.com slash Spidey Dude Network and at KMcDaniel28. You can also follow us on TikTok, Spidey Network, and Make My Mayday. Find us on there and give us uh, follow us along, and also be be uh, sure to watch our YouTube Shorts as uh, we'll. I'm going to increasingly try to get more and more of this content on the on the short side of things as well. So, looking forward to all of that. We'll see you guys next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network and uh, the next episode of Make Mine Made It. And with that, i got to thank our patrons over at Patreon.com that are $1 tier patrons. Thank you guys for your support over on Patreon.com slash Spidey Network. These are our $1 tiers. we got three people. we got UltimateFangirl.exe, we got Greg, and we got Lisa. Thank you guys for your support. Uh, you might have seen their names up on the, if you're watching the video version of the show, their names are up there, but wanted to mention them here in the audio edition. So thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network.